0: Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Heart of Markness podcast. I am Mark, and I am glad you're here. This episode, we are going to explore the XYZ sessions, or if you're British or Canadian, XYZ, or maybe Australian, I don't know. Anyways, you know what I mean. Nobody's lost if I say Z. Um, the XYZ sessions, which featured Jimmy Page, Chris Squire, and Alan White. Now Chris Squire and Alan White are the, are the bass player or were the bass player and drummer for the band Yes, and Jimmy Page is of course the tambourine player for the Mamas and the Papas. So, the year is 1981. Actually, let's dial that back. Let's go to Christmas 1980. Now on December 4th, 1980, Led Zeppelin officially dissolved as a band. They released a statement saying that with the death of john bonham they could no longer carry on as they were completely understandable and honorable and great now at a christmas party jimmy page and chris squire met up because chris squire uh, lived very very close their neighbors to jimmy page or they were at the time i think uh, he may have just lived across the street from him actually Um, so they were at a party together a christmas party and yes had kind of just fallen apart too They had um, released the album Drama, which featured Trevor Horn, who was uh, the singer for the band The Buggles. You know, video killed the radio star. That dude with the glasses, that's him. He was the singer for Yes for an album. And the keyboard player from The Buggles, same band, was also the keyboard player for Yes for the album Drama. Didn't work well with the fans. I I guess it wasn't a big hit um I certainly had never heard songs off the album but the album itself is fine and uh the tour itself from what I've heard is good but yes kind of dissolved or went on hiatus at the termination of that tour and uh, Trevor Horn was no longer the singer but he did become the producer who produced their big Yes's big comeback album 90125 which everybody who's lived through the 80s knew that for like 2 years solid it was nothing but yes on the radio and on MTV, and almost every song off that al- album was its own hit. And the album was impeccably produced because Trevor Horn, although he may not be the most charismatic frontman, is a hell of a producer. He's also the mind behind Art of Noise, if you remember that. Same dude. And the keyboard player, Jeff Downs, who was, again, from the Buggles, played keyboards for Yes, and in fact, I think he's playing keyboards for Yes now, kind of, I don't know. Uh, Also went to join the the band Asia with Steve Howe, so the whole big uh, prog rock incestuous uh, clusterfuck, I guess. But anyway, all that fell apart, and basically, Chris Squire and Jimmy Page are at a Christmas party in 1980 chatting about how neither one of them have the giant, humongous, earth-shattering, world-famous bands that they'd had. And Jimmy tells Chris, listen, I really want to start playing again. I want to get out and do something and, you know, occupy myself. And um, the reasons for that are completely understandable. Um, It's been established that he was deep, 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 in the grips of some hard addictions, you know, this heroin, alcohol, cocaine, you know, the rock star thing. We, we, if you've listened, if you've listened to my podcast or any live Led Zeppelin from uh, 1977 onward, you know this. Uh, so Jimmy wanted to occupy himself, but there was also some, um, financial reasons for that. Just before John Bonham died, um, I believe it was in 1980 or late 1979, Jimmy Page bought, uh, The Saul Studios. Well, I think he named it The Saul Studios. Anyways, he bought a home studio, which was uh, formerly Elton John's. And um, it was one of the most advanced studios in the world at the time. And it was going to be where Zeppelin was going to, you know, it was going to be Jimmy's Beat Laboratory in a way. But uh, unfortunately, the only albums that got recorded there were Coda. Which was a sad, sad, sad time of, uh, you know, Jonesy and Robert Plant and Jimmy would come in and do some recording for songs that already existed and some sweetening, but uh, it was a sad affair. So Jimmy had this studio, which he had paid, um, according to Stuart Epp, the uh, engineer, uh, like three million pounds, something ridiculous, millions and millions of dollars. And Jimmy had also just bought a house from the actor Michael Caine, At the same time. So Jimmy had spent millions and millions of dollars on this thing. Yay, I'm going to have a studio. We're going to record here. It's going to be great. John Bonham dies. The band falls apart. Everything falls to shit. Jimmy's got two mortgages and a studio and no band. So he meets Chris Squire and they decide to do something about that. Chris wants to do something as well because, you know, Chris is kind of holding his dick too. So they go into the studio together and when they did this is a matter of great debate from what i can tell jimmy page himself says it was on the 4th of january 1980 chris squire has said that it was a series of sessions that were very very stony because there were a lot of people on substances he's also said it was a very tight and surprisingly professional series of sessions Stuart epp the guy that actually ran the boards and recorded the band said it was a solid week of very professional recording. Now, it could have been in January, it could have been in April, or it could have been in October. I've read all kinds of things. Let's say April. Actually, no, let's not. That's stupid. If they met at a Christmas party, which is not disputed, and said, hey, let's get together, they wouldn't say, hey, all right, I'll see you in four and a half months. They'd say no. No. Let's go to my studio, which is down the road and empty, and record some shit after New Year. So I believe they got together in January of 1981. And um, they had songs, you know, Chris and Alan had songs already. And they played them for Jimmy, and Jimmy was like, I can add some shit to this. We can work together. And um, they put together, I've read that there are six or seven songs that they worked on. All that I've heard and all that eventually eventually got leaked on the bootleg market are four tracks, um, which the best quality that I've heard still sound pretty muddy. It sounds like a copy of a cassette, which is a copy of a cassette of a copy of a cassette, and then somebody just, uh, you know, put on Dolby noise reduction and cut out all the hiss, and it's not dynamic at all, but um, it is a professional studio recording And it's some good shit. And all four songs that are released have been released by the people in the band. One of them was released by The Firm uh, under the name Fortune Hunter. And the other three were released over the years uh, by Yes. So they really mined some gold. And it's an interesting period of time because you would not think of Jimmy Page and Chris Squire having a lot of overlap chris is not a big blues bass rock bassist he's a progressive bass god um who is not known for you know noodling around that there's he he i remember reading a book in high school about how he would take all day just plucking his bass to try and get the perfect tone to get things going and jimmy is a lot more uh Let's shake up the, the can and open it and see what, what happens. So what we have is a group of musicians without a band coming together to record some songs. This was not going to be the start of a huge new project necessarily. This was not going to be a pen-on-paper-sign-the-contract supergroup. It was literally, hey, let's work together and see what happens. And they put together some really good stuff. Jimmy was um, really on point and tight on this. It's again, obviously, the Telecaster, the B Bender, but um, he's not burying his sound in effects like he did with the Firm, which is one of the reasons I don't care for them that much. Jimmy, you know, hid his sloppy playing with effects pedals, chorus, and flange, which also hid his awesome playing too. Um, whereas this is not the case in the XYZ sessions. He's playing really tight, really strong, really interesting, and really outside his his wheelhouse. It, it shows what a technically brilliant player he was and what a true musical professional he was. This and the Death Wish two sessions as well. Um, So we have Chris Squire, Alan White, and Jimmy Page going into Saul Studios, and Stuart Epp, who was the engineer there, who engineered all Elton John's stuff, as we said before, uh, said it was, quote, a week of sessions. It was mad. Now, I can kind of believe that, that it was a very solid week of recording, because The four tracks that I'm hearing, that could be totally done in a week. My understanding is some of these already existed in some form or another. Some were reworked. And, um, you know, basically none of of this is lightning in a bottle. Nothing here is going to blow you away. Um, And I'm also hesitant to... Actually, not hesitant. I'm not going to post complete songs. I'm not going to play complete songs in this because it's a weird... I have a weird feeling. This is, this is studio stuff. This is not a live recording made by a fan at a concert. This is a copy of a copy of a copy of a tape that was stolen from Jimmy Page or Chris Squire or Alan White or, you know, however. This is not, you know, it, it, it's different. So I feel weird uh, playing the whole song, but it's okay because... You can find them on YouTube. I'll put links down there, just like the Arms Concert stuff. They're they're everywhere. If you want to hear all these songs, you can hear them on YouTube. If you want to download these songs, you can download them anywhere that you download songs. Uh, this is just an overview. Um, it's not going to be a 45-minute podcast. I hope <laughs> because this is this is um, it's a much tighter beam. It, it, it's not. It's, it's not the arms tour. There was a lot to talk about with the arms tour. Um, even that Copenhagen show uh, from episode one, which if you haven't heard that, listen to episode one. That Copenhagen show was fucking incredible. From 1979, it's, it's really, really worth it. But the XYZ project, it, it was a very short blip. It didn't pan out, but it was very, very, very interesting. So we have four tracks, four songs that were recorded. Uh the first of which um ultimately was released by the band Yes on the keys to Ascension Two album and if you haven't heard of that album, don't be surprised because it's not one of the albums that you grew up with it's one of the latter day like twenty first century or you know late nineties yes albums, and the song is called mind drive and i I find it fascinating that everything used in the xyz sessions was eventually released it shows the economy and it shows how how these tapes are like a sketchbook uh you know or like a journal for ideas and that even decades later you know the artist can go back and go oh yeah that was a that was a good little lick that was a good little song let's expand upon that and it's interesting to hear steve howe play jimmy page's part and or vice versa um and in fact, somebody had made an excellent mashup of some of the XYZ tapes and some of the Yes stuff mixed together into a single piece. And because it is official released stuff, I, I can't. I mean, I'm not. I can't. I can't share it with you. But um, it's really interesting. So I am babbling. I am talking. I am wasting time. So let's give a listen to Mind Drive. We're going to play a little bit of that. So you can just get a taste for what you're in for, all right? Brace yourself. you think? Kind of neat, huh? Now, the interesting thing about these sessions is, um, according to Chris Squire, Robert Plant, uh, it was hoped that this would be something that would draw Robert Plant back in because it's interesting. It's quirky. It's not Led Zeppelin. It's not blues based. It's not the same old thing. Um, but Robert was not interested. You know, truthfully, I, I can't see, you know, he he was done with Zeppelin. He was done. He was done with Zeppelin. He was done with all of that. And uh, I'm glad he came back, because had Robert Plant, Jimmy Page, Chris Squire, and Alan White came out with a band, it would have been one album. It would have been... it. it no. <laughs> At least that's my opinion. But um, So that's mind drive. The second track that they did was Fortune Hunter, well, that's not what they called it, I don't know what they called it, probably track two, but uh, Fortune Hunter was uh, released as the opening track on the second Firm album called Mean Business, and you can hear it from the start. It's very, very good, and it's almost complete. Uh, Every idea from the XYZ track translates over to the Firm track. So let's give a little listen to Fortune Hunter and uh, let me see what you think. Isn't it weird to hear something like that with an entirely different band? Um, it's it's neat. It's a really neat thing. I like. I like Jimmy's playing on that. I like the sound of it better uh, than the Firm's actually. Although Paul Rodgers was great on that track. Um, now our third track from these sessions is called "Can You See," and it's uh, Chris Squire sings it, and it totally doesn't do it for me it seems just a little too slow and you know there's a reason right Quis- Chris Squire was not a lead singer although he's an excellent backup singer harmonic singer and not a bad singer at all but just holy shit I can hear John Anderson singing this on 90125 in a different reality you know I could see this being moved on to 90125 and and uh, Trevor Horn doing some cool shit with it I would speed it up a little bit and make it a little peppier but um, this track came out in 2001 on the album Magnification as the song Can You Imagine. So this song is a, a complete song with overdubs, solos, vocals, everything else. The first two were, were more uh, demos, jamming, and rhythm tracks, and this is the first complete start-to-finish song that we have from the sessions. Can You See? Give it a listen. Kind of interesting, huh? But you, would you see what I mean about Chris Squire singing it? He's not the guy to sing that song. I don't know who, who would be. John Anderson, I guess, would do a good job at that. But definitely, I, I can't see Robert singing that song. Um, lastly, we have Telephone Secrets. This is another one that uh, Chris Squire sings. It's another complete song. And it's another song I can hear John Anderson singing with a little bit more pep and a little bit more bounce, I could also see it being at home on 90125. And this song actually appears on the deluxe edition of Drama as a bonus track, as song number four, parentheses, Satellite. This is kind of neat. I kind of like this. Um, I like the X Y Z version better, actually. The 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 yes version, although Steve Howe's playing some really cool stuff, it just doesn't gel for me as much. Um, this is the song that had the mix up between the mashup, rather, between the uh, the X Y Z version of the song which we just heard and the official version which was released on Drama, and uh, that is pretty tight. But um, you hear. You've heard everything now. You've got all the released XYZ stuff. There's no more uh, of which I'm aware. I mean, I think there's more in the, in, in the can, but um, nothing that's been released professionally, or not professionally, um, illicitly. In the last couple years, Jimmy Page has commented on it and says he still has the multi tracks and could definitely see doing a project with them someday. I don't know how the death of Chris Squire impacts that, whether that makes that easier or harder. But, you know, I would surely love to hear some sort of anthology of, you know, post-Zeppelin Jimmy material. Because, you know, starting with XYZ and, you know, essentially ending with The Firm, there was a real big flurry of activity um, on Jimmy's part as he was trying to get, to get his feet under him after years and years of, uh, addiction and, and then the loss of his band and his writing partner and all this madness. Um, so we have the XYZ sessions. That's what it was. They recorded these songs and they tried to get Robert Plant involved. It did not really happen. And, uh, you know, it kind of got put on a back burner and then yes, reconvened and started recording 90125 and jimmy went out uh jimmy went from this project to the death wish 2 project and then from there to the arms concert which got him going and then uh in 1984 jimmy was a very 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 busy man which i think may be the subject of my next podcast is just jimmy in 1984 we have uh, the firm we have the album uh, with roy harper the tour with roy harper we have the Alexis Corner Blues Band Jam with Jack Bruce. We have the Pistoia Italy Blues Festival with Jimmy Page. Not with Jimmy Page. With, of course, Jimmy Page. With Ginger Baker. Um. There's, there's Our boy was busy in 1984. So uh, I think that may be what we explore next time. Or I may just go back and uh, do a Zeppelin show. That's really awesome because this is really, really the the deep ephemera of, uh, of Jimmy Page, and I don't want to bore people. But this is it. <laughs> this is the XYZ sessions. There's not a lot to it. You know, I wish I had more to share with you, but uh, this is what I've got. I hope you like it. Check out theheartofmarkness.com for links to the f- complete songs. There's also some sources for where I got my information. I don't pull it all out of my ass. And uh, leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you like this kind of deep Jimmy Page stuff or if you want to hear more Zeppelin or, I don't know, tell me why The Firm is the best band in the world. And I will tell you why they are not. So thank you very much. And I'll talk to you next time. Oh, you can also reach me at mark at heartofdarkness.com if you want to email me and not comment. Thank you very much. See you later.